Hi Gorgeous, this is episode number 169 and we have the wonderful Michael Sapersky, the coach to consultants, back with us today. Hi, this is Michael Zapersky, and you're listening to Heart Cells Podcast with Christine Schlonsky. Enjoy. Well, I'm super excited to have Michael back today, and I just loved our last conversation about how to get your client attraction engine going. So today we're going to talk more about how he actually succeeded in Japan, uh, what he did and why he actually chose it as a country to have a business in, what makes it so attractive. And also we are going to talk about that you need to understand that people actually like to buy. So you have to make invitations for them to say yes to you, but you don't need to sell them anything. And that is another factor where sales become so much easier if you just turn it around and you invite people to buy from you. So Michael Sapersky is the CEO of Consulting Success and a coach to consultants. He has advised organizations like the Financial Times, the Dow Jones, RBC, Omron, Sumitomo, and he has helped Panasonic to launch new products into the global market. But what is even more importantly is that he has helped over 300 consultants from all around the world in over 50 industries to add six and seven figures to their annual revenues. His weekly newsletter is read by 34,000 consultants each and every week. And he's also the author of the Amazon bestseller books, The Elite Consulting Mind and Coaching Success, the book. So I'm super pumped to have him back on the show today. Well, I'm so excited to have you back on the show, Michael. Welcome. Yeah, great to be back with you. Yeah. So we, we finished off with one of your fun facts, which I really, really love because it's you know, it's not that usual. Not too many people speak Japanese besides, obviously, people from Japan. And I think it's a, it's a fascinating culture. I had in my corporate world, I had the opportunity to go there for an event and to help out on site. Um, so I was in a very beautiful hotel uh, in Tokyo and they had a restaurant for a Japanese restaurant. And then, you know, the the American restaurant so and i choose to have breakfast at the japanese restaurant and you mentioned you felt like an outsider in school uh when i entered that restaurant i you know i felt even more strange the hotel was pretty international but i was like the only tall <laughs> white blonde <laughs> woman and uh, i even had the the feeling that the waiter were kind of confused and so i ordered the japanese traditional breakfast and I had to figure out what all the stuff was on my plate or on the plates starting with fish and miso soup in the morning uh, was really an interesting experience and I I loved it so I totally get you know how you can be excited about that culture because it's so super special and um, especially business-wise there there's a lot uh, a lot to learn so we we talked about high pricing and how to how to get clients on a consistent base in in the first episode um and i would i would love to just find out now like what was the very very first thing that you ever sold in your life wow um it's a great question the first thing i ever sold in my life i'm sure i must have done some kind of 
fundraiser. I don't know if that counts. Like when I was a kid. Oh, totally. Um, yeah. Yeah. That counts. Okay. Like if, I you did, re- if you remember it. <laughs> yeah. I don't, I mean, I have a memory of like doing fundraisers for, for, for school or, or um, sports clubs, but I don't remember what that, what they were specifically. Um, you don't I, remember I sold, how it felt? Like well, asking so I, for money, going with something to neighbors or strangers? I was never against that. Like I've, from a young age, sales itself hasn't felt uncomfortable. And I think I can maybe illustrate it through a, a little bit more of a recent example. This is still going back um, to my childhood. Uh, I sold, I worked at a used sporting goods store. Um, and so we were selling like used footwear and snowboard boots and snowboards and jackets and bicycles and all that kind of stuff. Um, and I was very good at selling, uh, so much so that like our, I remember the, our pay and I was a young kid at the time, our pay was, was directly, um, connected to the level of revenue and the, the owners actually had to take away that performance piece because they were paying out so much to all of us. And I don't remember exactly how much it was. But I remember just feeling very comfortable. And I think why was because I didn't try to sell. Like I think a lot of people in sales or when they think about sales, they have this, uh, they create this pressure for themselves where they feel, oh, I need to sell. And that means that I need to persuade it. I need to know how to handle these scripts and this, that, and the other. But what they forget is that people like to buy and you just need to get them comfortable. You need to really understand what is it they want to buy um, you know, what problems are they having? So I remember this one specific situation where I had a couple coming in and, uh, and the lady wanted to buy some shoes and I just served her. I didn't try and sell. I was like, you know, what are you looking for? And, uh, Oh, how's that feel? And do you want something different? Or have you thought about like something like this? I, I wasn't even trying to think about, Oh, I need to sell her something. I just wanted to serve her to, you know, she had a problem, which was she needed to get some shoes. And my, I was trying to just provide a solution. And I remember because not only did she buy like a couple pairs of shoes, she talked to whoever the manager was at that time and said, yeah, like this guy, whoever he is, he's doing a really great job. And I was like, yeah, thank you. Knight. Like I appreciate that. And, but it just felt natural. Um, so there was that I sold knives for a while. Some people are familiar with Cutco um, as a kind of a U.S. Uh, related brand, but they're, I think they're all over the world. And so I sold knives and did very well at that. Again, I never saw it as a, as a sales thing where I, had to try and persuade people because I don't like making people feel uncomfortable. I think, you know, that doesn't make, I'm not comfortable if someone's not comfortable. I want people to feel good. Uh, and so it's, I'm never big on the idea of trying to pressure someone. I think it's all about really digging into how can you serve that person, understand their point of view and what's on their mind. And that makes that whole sales process a lot easier. Yeah, totally, totally agree. So what would you tell people who feel pressure, who feel they have to, they need to make that sale. So they're in that neediness energy. What can they do yeah. to, to shift out of that? So the, the first thing that I would say is look at sales as something that you do with someone instead of, instead of something that you do to someone, right? If you're creating pressure, you're thinking, oh, I need to sell to that person. But if you instead look at it, oh no, I, I want to sell with that person or I want to really work with them. Like look at sales as collaborative. Look at how can you bring value to the person? How can you, you know, just work with them to find a solution that, that, um, that fits what they're, you know, what they want. That makes the process a lot, a lot easier. I think the other thing too is that sales is, there's a lot that you can do before you even have the sale, right? So if you're a coach or a consultant and 
you're going to have a conversation with a buyer or a prospective buyer. Uh, don't create, don't, you know, don't have everything kind of like riding on the line just in that conversation. Ask yourself, what can you be doing before that conversation to provide a lot of value? Right. So can you demonstrate and show and, and offer and send case studies, podcasts, interviews that you've been on? Can you send them a, a report or a guide or a video or whatever it might be so that you're when that person actually speaks to you or you kind of get in front of them, they're already pre-sold. They already feel like, yeah, this person is an expert. Look at these the results this person has, has generated. And then when you go through your conversation with them, you don't need to try and persuade them about why they should buy from you. Rather, you can focus your energy on just thinking about how can you serve them. And if you do that, then uh, and really dig into you know what it is that they want and what's holding them back and what happens if they don't do this. Like you really explore their situation and you paint the picture so they can clearly see, like realistically, what's going to happen for them if they don't do this and what's going to happen for them if they do this and and why you know they should think about this. Ultimately, it's up to them, right? You can't, you can never force someone to do something, but you can work with them and, and empower them to make the right choice and not be attached to that. Because if you're attached to their decision, then you're going to feel that, that neediness. You're going to feel that need to try and persuade them and push them. But that actually is the exact um, kind of, op, you know, you want the exact opposite. Buyers can feel that. They can feel that tension and then they get their guard up. But if you just collaborate with them and uh, find ways that you can serve them, then they let their guard down and they feel more comfortable because they, they're having a conversation with you and they feel like not only are you an expert, but also you have their best interests in mind. And that's the kind of person that someone wants to do business with. Yeah, yeah, totally agree. So how, how do you deal with rejection these days? Um, I, don't, I don't view it as rejection. I, you know, so my, my observation and understanding is that there's no salesperson in the world who sells, you know, 100% of the time. And the other reality is that not everyone is meant to work with you. Like you might be great at what you do, right? Hopefully you are. But even though you're great at what you do, it doesn't mean that every single person that you speak with is going to be ready for what you have right now. And so if you recognize that and don't create pressure that you need to sell to every single person that you talk to, what you'll find is that naturally the people who are ready will buy and those that aren't ready won't buy. But here's the thing, right? That one conversation doesn't dictate the future of whether or not that person might buy from you right down the line. If you look at that and you have added value, serve them, and then you continue to, to follow up and to engage with that person, then what happens is though they might not, they weren't ready to buy from you at that, you know, that initial encounter, that initial conversation, they might be ready to buy from you in a month, right? Or six months or a year or three years. Like we have people who have been reading our, our emails. Um, we had one client, I remember uh, he was reading our email newsletter for over three years never bought anything from us, like no books, no, no nothing. And then he became a hundred thousand plus dollar client. Um, but it was because he reached out when he was ready. And if we would have looked at him and said, Oh yeah, you rejected us. You know, you didn't buy from us. Um, we're not going to focus on you. Then we would have lost that, that valuable relationship. And so I think if people can just, um, you know, kind of take some feel confidence or, or, um, understand that not everyone that you speak with is going to be ready to buy from you right now, then it, it can relieve a lot of pressure. And you just look at it as a, as a longer term uh, kind of game and, and mindset. And I think that's a big thing, Christine, is that these days, everyone's judging their success in a very short like window, 
where the reality is that true success, the most successful people know that success comes over a longer period of time. Don't create so much pressure for yourself that you need to produce like today or that, oh, I haven't hit my numbers this month. That means that I'm, I'm a failure. No, right? As long as you're learning and you're making corrections and you're seeking out improvement and guidance, you'll get better. And as long as you keep doing that over and over and over again, then you'll look back in a year from now or two years from now or whatever it might be and go like, wow, look what I've, I've accomplished. But if you're judging in a very short window, you're not going to give yourself the opportunity to, to really make the strides that you can. Yeah, totally agree. Uh, that, that's uh, like one of the messages that Tony Robbins brings, like see what you can accomplish in a decade. And often we are just so focused on the now, like yeah. the result now, today, this week, this month, um, that we kind of overlook the power of, you know, showing up consistently and yeah. reaching out again, following up again and helping people to get ready with your amazing input and content. Because as you just said, sometimes it just takes longer, but then they are ready and then they move forward in ways that you might have never, ever expected. Yeah. And I think the other thing too, it's important um, in my observation and, and experience is like, you got to enjoy the process, right? You, you got to enjoy what you're doing right now. Cause if, if yeah. you're not, then you might spend week, like, you know, months or years working on stuff that you're not even enjoying. And then if you're not getting the results that you want in, let's say you know, that three or six month period, but, and you haven't even enjoyed the process then not only are you going to feel like you're a failure, but you, you'll have wasted a lot of time. So it's, I think it's a great opportunity for everyone to find what, you know, what do you really enjoy? What can you take from the work that you're doing? And even if you're not getting the results that you want right now, like recognize that's okay. Because even when you're a successful entrepreneur, right? You're not satisfied. Like there's always the next level. There's always something that you want more of. Um, but if you're enjoying the process of working through it, then that's what life's about. Like that's, that to me is what business is about is you get to do the work that you want to do. You get to have freedom. You get to have flexibility. Um, and there's always a challenge. There's always going to be some, some areas that are causing you stress or anxiety or uncertainty, but all that is part of entrepreneurship. Yeah. And it, it's a beautiful part because it helps you grow. I think like if you want to do something for your self-development or become an entrepreneur, <laughs> you find out a lot of stuff about you. And uh, I, I think it's one of the fastest um, tools to, to grow as a, as a human being. Definitely. Yeah, I would agree with that. I think, you know, I, I don't believe that entrepreneurship is for everyone. Uh, I know that yeah. some, some people say, you know, yeah, anyone can be an entrepreneur and they talk almost negatively about someone if they just have a, a job, like it's, oh, you have a job. That's such a bad thing. T to me, that's ridiculous, think, yeah, right? Yeah. yeah. You know, it's, we need people doing whatever they need to be doing, like where they're happy and they're contributing. Um, and whether that's running their own business or working in, in a job, being an employee, like whatever their role is, um, that's all good, right? Entrepreneurship is amazing. I, I could never imagine myself not being an entrepreneur. Um, and doing what I've been doing for, you know, for 20 years now, I would, I would never change that. But I also recognize that it's not for everyone because the reality is it takes work. But if you, if you put in the work and you seek the guidance, you seek the counsel, you know, you, you continue kind of up-leveling what, what you're doing, then you really can create the, the lifestyle that you want and, um, and achieve, you know, things that 
right now you might be looking going like, wow, that would be so amazing. Like you can make it happen. If, if your mind, if you can see it, right, you can achieve it. I think that's like, there's some quote about that from think and grow mm-hmm. rich, right? What your mind can see yeah. and whatever it can achieve. Well, it's definitely true. I mean, I've, I've seen that to be true. And, um, if, if it's something that comes like it's, you can visually see it, then you can make it happen, but you need to understand that it does take work to, to get there. Yeah, totally. And, and I was very happy in my job for, for a long time till it just wasn't enough of the freedom. Like my, my desire for freedom and for especially like time freedom, like, you know, taking a walk in the afternoon with my dogs because yeah. I just feel like it. Um, not commuting to work uh, two hours one way because I'm fed yeah. up with it. Things like this, you know, and it was just um, such a driver um, because I wasn't, I wasn't raised with that entrepreneurial spirit. So that was something I had to figure out and I had to figure out if it was for me or not. So yeah. that was very interesting. So um, you have an email um, newsletter you're sending out to a ton of people that are providing amazing value. I was wondering if you can share um, if you feel like a newsletter would be a good way to connect with your audience and if you feel that as an entrepreneur, you should really build your newsletter list and provide value on a consistent base. Yeah. Um, every business owner should a hundred percent. Now, you know, whether it's an email newsletter or something you send in physical mail, it's, I think it's essential. It's, it's a great asset for, for your business. Most importantly, I mean, it's a way to, to have relationships and add value at scale. Right. So when we yeah. send out an email and it goes to 35,000 plus people, not all of them are going to read it, but, um, but a lot of them will, and a lot of them will get value from that. And we don't send it with an expectation that all those people are going to become paying clients right now, but you do that as a way to, to foster a community, to add value to that community. Um, and there's so much that can be done with that. So I would say to any business owner, uh, who doesn't have a list right now, start right now, even though you might only get, you know, a couple of people or 10 people or 50 people or hundred people or, or whatever, um, over time, right. That, that starts to, to build. And that's a, that's a very valuable asset. I mean, keep in mind that some businesses are actually acquired just for their list, uh, because it's so valuable. Not, I'm not saying that that's going to be necessarily your situation, but, uh, I think having a list, it would be, would be critical for any business owner. Yeah, I, I also feel it's a wonderful way to keep in touch and to um, to provide value on a regular basis where you know it's going to the inbox. They choose if they open it. But, you know, on right. Facebook or Instagram or LinkedIn, they, they might not see all your posts. Right. But, uh, you know, in their inbox, it definitely is um, more targeted to support them than when you just do a post somewhere. So I, I love that idea. So is there um, a book that has influenced or changed your business or life in a bigger way? Like what, what would come to mind? What is the book and why would you want to share it? Yeah. I mean, there's, there's a lot of books. Um, yes. <laughs> you can kind of see behind me, like, I'm, you know, I, I, I read a fair bit. Um, and yeah, there, so there's a lot. One that it's kind of like my go-to when someone says what book, you know, what do you recommend? Uh, my first response would be like, well, are you talking marketing? Are you talking sales? Are you talking, you know, personal development, mindset, health, 
uh, wealth, right? Finances, like what investments, what, what are you looking for? But one book that I often recommend to people uh, is called Straight Line Leadership. And that's by Dusan Jukic. Um, and it's really about, it's not about leadership of, of others. It's about leadership of self. Mm. Uh, so your really mindset and, uh, and stepping up. So anyone that wants to achieve more, I think that's a, a great book. Um, and I'm happy to offer other suggestions or if people have other questions, definitely. Yeah, yeah, I love it. And and you also, well, you didn't bring us a book, but uh, a wonderful 47-page, like smaller book kind of version, consulting a blueprint <laughs> that people can get. And uh, yeah, let us know where people can go to to get it by sites, the show notes. <laughs> yeah, definitely. So again, consultingsuccess.com forward slash blueprint. And it's a 47-page um, you know, blueprint on how to get into consulting, how to grow a consulting business. It covers some of the, the key topics around marketing and how to have uh, meaningful sales conversations, how to work effectively with clients. Um, so that's available free at uh, that, that address. Yeah, wonderful. So what, what would you want to leave people with as kind of like a parting piece of guidance? <laughs> um, you know, my, my biggest advice to most people is the idea of imperfect action. Uh, it's, and if I could just kind of go a little bit deeper than that, I, my, my belief and observation, in fact, I wrote a book called The Elite Consulting Mind. Uh, and I did that because I, I continue to see this over and over with clients and, and others that um, we have kind of engage with, that most people don't, you know, don't achieve what they want. It's not because they, they don't know what to do or you know, most people think that they need the new, like the latest tactic or the strategy or the technology. They feel like something's missing. But in fact, most of the challenges that you're probably having right now or the results that you want to achieve that you're not yet seeing, they're, they're not related to a tactic or a strategy. You know, most often you actually know what you need to do, but you're not doing it. There's something holding you back. There's a limiting belief um, or there's a fear. Uh, and so my suggestion to, to everyone is just get very clear on what is the action that you can take right now that's going to have the biggest impact? And I, when I talk about an action that's going to have an impact, I'm not talking about busy work. I'm not talking about updating your website or a business plan or you know, changing the color of your, your logo or anything like that. I'm talking about most likely, how can you get in front of your ideal clients in the most direct way possible? And then even though you might have anxiety or fear, there's unknowns around that, just do it. Just whatever it, whatever that way is, like go to a specific event or make a few phone calls or send a few emails, whatever that, that is that you need to do, do it. Take imperfect action. Your messaging doesn't have to be just perfect, right? Your website and materials don't have to be just perfect. Nothing has to be perfect because the reality is perfection doesn't exist, right? It's all just a quest for perfection. But if you want to start seeing greater results in your business, in your life, in your finances, in, in whatever, then the first step is to take action. The most successful people that I've studied, worked with, observed, uh, have achieved the, the high levels of success, not because they waited to know everything, rather they took some action knowing that they didn't know everything, but they learned along the way. And that's critical because when you take that first step, you will get feedback, you will learn, you will actually get real feedback as to whether what you're doing is the right thing or the wrong thing. And if it's the right thing, do more of it. If it's the wrong thing, then you know, okay, that doesn't work. Now you can adjust a little bit and go back out and get stronger and you keep getting that feedback. It's a loop. And as long as you continue to act on it, you will continue making greater and greater strides. Um, and in a pretty short time, you'll start seeing some pretty magnificent results. 
Yeah, wonderful. In a pretty short time, you might be the so-called overnight success, right? <laughs> there you <laughs> Because go. Because you, you keep improving. Yeah, I, I love it. Well, thank you so, so much for sharing that wisdom with us and, and giving so many golden nuggets. So I hope that people took tons of notes. Um, and we'll re-listen to those episodes because I really enjoyed them. They were very valuable. Thank you so much for, for sharing with us. Hey, Christine, my pleasure. Thanks for having me. All right. Bye for now. Take care. I just loved having another conversation with Michael because everything he says has such a great foundation. And knowing that you just need to put some effort in and follow his system and then you will be successful by reaching out, by connecting, by making your offers in a heartfelt way, then you will be much better off. And this is true for a consultant, for a coach, for a healer, for an accountant. It doesn't really matter what you do in your business. It is all about relationships and it's all about that people love to buy. So you have to give them an invitation if it is a perfect match. Thank you so much for being here. Thank you so much for listening in. Hop on over to christineschlonsky.com for the full transcript, the show notes, as well as the resources we talked about, like Michael's free 47-page consulting blueprint is right over there waiting for you. And all the links to his social media and homepage is just one click away. If you have not yet already checked out the heart-centered leadgenerationsummit.com, I highly recommend you do so because this is your go-to resource when it comes to lead generation, where we cover all different topics from paid lead generation to organic, to partnerships, to mixed strategies. And we have 40 amazing experts who share their knowledge with you so you can get that game to another level. Thank you so much for being here. Thank you so much for tuning in. Have a wonderful day wherever you are in this beautiful world. And I'm saying bye for now.